Praise God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. It is a lamp to our feet. It is a light unto our path. Father, we know that you said that you sent forth your word and you healed them. Thank you, Lord, for healing, that it is the children's bread, that you still are doing what you did 2,000 years ago. Father, as your word goes forth, thank you that that life, resurrection life is manifesting in every body under the sound of my voice, even those watching online today. Thank you for touching your people. Thank you for ministering to your people. And Father, I ask you for utterance in the Holy Ghost that I may speak your word. Lord, you know what your people need. And Father, we just ask that you'd come and speak to each and every one of us. Thank you that you're raising people up in this city, Lord, even through this church, to go out to the highways, the byways, compel the lost, and also lay hands on the sick and see the miraculous. Father, we give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you all the honor. Jesus, you're number one. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. amen. And amen. Well, wasn't last week off the chain? Yeah, wasn't that such a blessing? That I, I was so... Glad that uh, he got to teach our healing school. Today, the Lord really laid something on my heart to share with y'all. And uh, I, I want to actually teach on ministering to the sick. So um, let's do that. Amen. Uh, praise God. I, I believe the Lord doesn't just want us healed. I believe he wants to use his body to bring healing to those around about us. So if you have your Bible, I want you to go to the book of Acts chapter 4, and this is where we're going to start. Hallelujah. The book of Acts chapter 4, and we'll start at verse 29. Now, of course, this is like one of my favorite chapters in the book of Acts, that uh, crippled man being healed and then walking and leaping and praising God and Peter and John getting confronted by the Pharisees, and it said that that they uh, were unlearned and ignorant men, but they perceived, they, they saw their boldness and took knowledge that they'd been with Jesus. So in verse 29, though, now this is after the disciples all got threatened uh, that they were not to preach or teach anymore in the name of Jesus. They, they all gather, and they pray this really powerful prayer. I pray this prayer over me and over the church all the time. And in verse 29, it says, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. Everybody say boldness. Yeah. By stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. Now look at this. And when they prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Now, if we're going to talk about ministering to the sick, uh, I think we should start there on that word boldness. Because how many of you guys know it takes boldness to go and lay your hands on somebody who's sick, right? Especially if they're a stranger. Sometimes it's a little more easy when it's family, right? They're a little bit more graceful. Amen. But uh, I'm talking about, I believe that God's going to use some of you in this place, total strangers you'll encounter out into the city, and God's going to use you to bring healing to them. And so if we're going to lay hands on the sick and see 
uh, healing and signs and wonders. We need this ingredient, and it's something called boldness. Now, there's a scripture that uh, we quote all the time with our evangelism class, and it's in Proverbs. It says, the wicked flee what no man pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. So how many, who's righteous in here, right? So we can be bold like a lion. I, I love the story my pastor tells. He, he's from Africa, but he was out in the bush hunting in Africa, and they actually had him on a safari uh, kind of trip there. And anyway, they drive through and see the lions. And so my pastor thought, well, I'm just going to take a picture of these. So he pops his head out of the Jeep to just snap a picture of the lions. And he said that lion was just licking his paws. And then he just looked at my pastor. I mean, just looked at him. And he said his knees buckled like that. I mean, just, <laughs> you know, just kind of buckled. Just the, the intensity of the glare of the lion. And that's how we are when it comes to the enemy. Now, the devil is, is like a lion, right? But Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Amen? He's the lion of our praise, and he lives on the inside of us. So we can be bold in the Holy Ghost to do the works of Jesus. Can you say amen? Now, they prayed, and, and this is a great key, I believe, is to know that we can pray to be bold, right? So if we ever struggle with timidity or fear or uh, hesitation, one thing we can do is pray and ask God for boldness. I believe it's a holy boldness. I believe it's a supernatural boldness. I believe it's the same boldness that was upon Peter and John when they testified in front of the Pharisees and said it was the name of Jesus that made this man whole. Amen? I mean, that's supernatural. So in this passage, they prayed. They asked God for, for these three things in their prayer. They prayed for boldness. They prayed that God's hands would be stretched forth to heal. And they prayed for signs and wonders that would be done in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, if you read through the book of Acts, you see a lot of all of that, right? You see people very bold. You see a lot of healing. And, of course, you see signs and wonders. Look, I'll give you a couple examples in Acts. Acts 14 and verse 3, it says, So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there uh, speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. So, again, we see in Acts 14 that connection between boldness and, and, and speaking the word and God doing signs and wonders. Um, I, I would say this, could, it, could one of the reasons churches don't see healings and signs and wonders, maybe it's just because they don't ask for it, you know? Maybe that's just one of the reasons that a lot of churches aren't seeing the miraculous is because if we're gonna see the book of Acts, we need to do what they did. One of the things they did was pray and ask God for healing, and they asked God for signs and wonders. So, you know, it, I mean, they had a prayer meeting over it. Makes you wonder how many churches are doing a prayer meeting for healing, right? For signs and wonders. How many churches are coming together? Come on, let's pray for boldness, right? Think about that. Normally, when a church has a prayer meeting, it's all, they have the list of, of prayer needs from the church. All right, we pray for Sister Ethel, you know. <laughs> you know, and, and now that's good. We should pray for one another. But, I mean, come on, they were praying for the big guns, right? I mean, think about that. 
So how many of you guys, you know, some of you guys were at our all-night prayer meeting uh, earlier in the year. That was powerful. You know, I've been itching to do another one of those. We, we did 12 hours of prayer from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. It felt like no more than three hours, if that. I mean, God's glory came in, and we're still seeing God answer prayer from that night. So, uh, he, you know, I, I wrote in my notes, I believe that when we seek God for these things, we put ourselves in a rare group of Christians because a lot of believers are kind of self-absorbed. Their prayer life revolves around themselves, but here they're praying that signs and wonders and healing and boldness. Why? So that they can reach the world, right? The Bible says that they turn the world upside down. Come on, Kashokton. We can see this city turned upside down. Come on, do you believe that? Amen. Hallelujah, I do. Glory to God. Kashokton. When God blows his nose, Kashokton can shake. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> amen. <laughs> what? This, this is nothing for the Lord. He can do, uh, hallelujah, great things through his people. So um, Acts 19.8 and then 11 through 12, these three verses. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing and per persuasive, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. And then it says in verse 11, like two verse, three verses later, and God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs and aprons, and diseases departed from them, and evil spirits went out of them. So in the book of Acts, wherever you see boldness, you almost always see healing too, right? I mean, it's amazing. So let's look at this, this, this boldness. Um, I wrote in my notes, it takes boldness to do what God's called us to do. What stops people from witnessing to a total stranger? It's boldness, right? They need boldness. What stops people many times from praying for the sick? Well, usually it's just boldness. I mean, you can have a Christian, they know what to do, they know what to say, they've been trained, but what stops people? Many times it's just, it's just boldness. And I believe a lot of times believers are almost afraid to be bold because they don't want to come off as arrogant, right? When people begin to step out and do things, people, the first thing you'll hear is people say, now you're just being arrogant now. You know, you're just going out there, you're you know, we've, we've had people take over the grandstands, you know, and preach the gospel to the grandstands. Oh, well, you're being arrogant, right? And uh, I mean, but it's not. Arrogance, here's how you can tell the difference. Arrogance says me, but a holy boldness says he. Are you with me? So when you're bold in the Holy Ghost, you are pointing to heaven. You are pointing to Jesus. And so, yeah, you'll step out in faith. Yeah, you're putting yourself out there, but it's not out of arrogance. It's out of humility, and it's out of, uh, uh, we're, we're trying to bring glory to Jesus. So arrogance says me, but boldness says he. The word boldness here in, in Greek, in those verses we read, it's the Greek word parousia, which, which it means this, and I love the definition, the Bible definition of the word boldness. It means Come on, are you ready for this? I mean, I'm, I'm glad I came. Amen. I needed to hear this. My God. Hallelujah. The word boldness, parousia, means free and fearless confidence. Right? When you're truly bold, you are free. 
You are free to preach the gospel. You are free from the fear of man. You are free to just go forth, lay your hands on the sick. Doesn't matter what the consequences are. Amen. Doesn't matter if someone gets upset. You're free to do the works of Jesus. That's a holy boldness. It means a free and fearless confidence. Look at this. It also means a cheerful courage. Are you with me? A cheerful, that's the Bible definition of boldness, right? A cheerful courage. So, you know, when, when a holy boldness is on you, there's a, there's a place of joy in your heart, you know? You know, you're not going to be angry at people. You need to, you're going to go to hell, you know? And you're not going to let me pray for you, then you're going to die, you know, that kind of stuff. That's not God, and that's not a holy boldness. A holy boldness is a cheerful courage. Hallelujah. I've, I'm feeling a little bit of that right now. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. <laughs> it also means, you know, boldness in that, uh, you know, a, 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 a courage. Uh, and it also means, the Bible definition of boldness means an assurance. So when, when we're bold in the Holy Ghost, we have assurance that God's going to do what he promised in his word. Amen. This is just powerful. So I believe that there, and, and, and this is what I was praying this morning, what I, I felt the Lord put in my heart for, for those of you who came out. I believe that today there's going to be a twofold impartation. I'm going to lay hands on everybody today. So, you know, you don't have to come up. I'm going to go to you and lay my hands on you. If you don't want hands laid on you, just run out before I'm done preaching. And, uh, <laughs> but, but I'm going to lay hands on you because I believe in impartation. You know, on Wednesdays, we're learning about the anointing and uh, how to release the anointing. And laying on of hands is not just a ceremonious thing. There's an actual impartation. Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift that's in you by the means of the laying on of my hands. So Timothy got an impartation. So I believe there's going to be twofold today. I believe that there's going to be an impartation of boldness. And I also believe that there's going to be an impartation where you're going to see a greater anointing to minister to the sick. Because you kind of need both. You can have all the anointing in the world, but if you're not bold to use what God has given you, hello, if you're not using what God has already given you, well, what good is it going to do anybody, right? I mean, if you want the key to see more and the key to see increase, it's to use what you already have. So I'm believing God that today, uh, come on, we're all going to get activated here. Amen. God's turning on the heavenly on switch. Amen. And I believe that, I believe there's going to be an activation. So let's talk about this. How do we minister to the sick? So first, let me say this. You know, um, I, I've seen some Christians almost have reservations. Well, I'd pray for the sick, but I need a healing. Well, you know, I, I, I actually, you know, and then that actually stops them from praying for the sick. Well, I, I don't want to pray for them because, you know, I need something, you know, and that, and that's great. But you know, I, I believe that's all the more reason to pray for the sick. Okay, and let me tell you why. Who knows the scripture? He who waters himself will be watered, right? How many of you guys know the scripture? He who refreshes others himself will be refreshed. You know, you don't have to wait until you're like completely 100% and everything's manifested in your body before you just step out and do what Jesus already said to do. So I'll say this, even if you're believing for a miracle in your body right now, don't let that stop you from ministering to other people. Just do what Jesus said to do. Go out into all the world, preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick, and they are going to recover. Remember, we're not the healer. Are you with me? He is the healer. We're just giving God an opportunity to come in and do what he does. 
So don't let anything hold you back. In fact, for me, uh, uh, I mean, if you want to know a little secret, I mean, I know the, the Lord actually laid on my heart to do this healing school, but a, a, a lot of fuel is because there's a couple things I'm believing to be healed in my body. So I said, you know what? I'm going to refresh people. I'm going to teach the word to people. Devil, if you're going to attack me, I'm going to punch you in the nose. Are you with me? If you're going to attack me, oh, well, I'm going to attack your kingdom. You know what I mean? I, I, now, may, I don't know if that's right or wrong, but it's just how I, I, I do it, you know, is anytime the enemy attacks my body, um, you know, okay, so my pastor, his daughter had an incurable lung condition, and so what he would do every time he'd travel, he would say, I want every incurable case to come forward, and I'm going to lay hands on you. Are you with me? So, you know, have that thing. You know, don't, don't, remember, we have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, right? We have the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit. So you have a shield for protection, but you have a sword to attack too. So don't let anything hold you back from laying hands on the sick. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> oh, I could say more on that. Amen. So, so ministering to the sick. Um, oh boy. Go to Mark 16. This is, this is going to be good. Mark 16 and verse 15. When you're there, just say amen. Mark 16 and verse 15. Of course, at the River Church, I think everybody's, all the members, their Bible just opens up to this automatically. Because <laughs> we're, we're in this passage so many times, your Bible just kind of, boom, opens right up. Mark 16 and verse 15, And Jesus said unto them, Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. So all you guys know there's creatures, amen? You've got to preach to. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs will follow those who believe. Okay, so if you're a believer, you qualify for these signs, which is great. And these signs will follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak in new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. So who knows the scripture? All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, right? No one argues with that, right? So when you go to a sinner, you tell them that verse. All who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And there's no doubt in your mind or my mind or anybody's mind, if that person calls upon the name of the Lord, they are going to be saved because the Bible says they shall be. Now, Jesus said the same thing right here. Believers will lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. Everybody say shall. Yeah, that's great. Amen. That makes me happy. Hallelujah. So just like I don't have any doubt that if you call upon the name of the Lord, you're going to be saved, I have no doubt whatsoever that when I put my hands on the sick, there is going to be recovery in this person. Whether that is an instant miracle, which I like, amen, I think we can all agree we like the instant, boom, manifestation, but that word recover could, could mean over a course of time, right? It could mean, you know, recover doesn't always imply an instant. We, we've had many people um, come to the church. We lay hands on them. How are you doing? Any better? No. Thing, it feels about the same. Well, go your way. Be whole. Be healed. As you go, we believe that God's going to do something. We've had people, they say, you know what? I woke up the next day and all the symptoms left. I've never dealt with it again. Right? 
So, you know, we, we walk by faith and not by sight, right? If everything was always instant, we wouldn't need much faith, would we? Amen? If it was just instant, we, we wouldn't need it because it's, it's happening. But walk by faith. So when you lay your hands on the sick, just because there's not something instant doesn't mean something didn't happen, right? So, you know, someone gets saved. Just because they don't immediately start walking in all nine fruit of the Spirit doesn't mean something didn't happen in their heart, right? So there's going to be a manifestation. There is going to be healing. They may have to walk it out. But on the same flip the coin, there are instant healings too. There are instant miracles. Man, I feel that anointing right now. I'm about to go out and lay hands on some of y'all. Amen. There's, there's the instant where, where people receive, and it's almost like God's electricity flows through you into them. Boom, there's a manifestation. There's healing. So you just need to know that. Whether it is instant or a recovery, praise God. He did promise they shall recover. Well, that alone right there makes me want to lay hands on the sick. I don't know about you. All right, bring the sick. Let's lay hands on them. Let's pray. Let's do what the Bible said. He said these signs will follow those who believe. I would love every member of this church uh, doing this on a regular basis. You know, I've told the church before, one of the greatest insults you can give me is to bring the sick to me to pray for them because it showed me I didn't do my job to teach you that you can pray for the sick. You know, I've said that many times. We actually expect at the river that every member go out and lay hands on the sick. Someone in the hospital... Well, pastor, can you visit? Well, I can, but you can visit too, and you can do it too. Well, see, I'm giving my job away. <laughs> I am. I'm, it's not because I'm lazy. I'm just, I want to see the body of Christ activated, right? Because it'd be great if, okay, the pastor goes and prays, they get healed. But what if it's a testimony where God uses you? Come on, wouldn't you talk about that? Wouldn't you, praise God, hallelujah. Wouldn't you, you love that? Amen. I would. Amen. Okay, so. Um, man, I feel good in here. Amen. So I believe God's going to activate people today. I believe that, that you're going to see more healings than you've ever seen, even starting today. I, I believe there's a heavenly line being drawn in the sand, and we're going to see it. Amen. We're going to see the supernatural. Amen. So um, how do we... Oh, let me, let me hit this. Uh, you know, pray and ask God that he would use you in this area. Amen. So obviously, if you want to be used to... to See more sick healed. Now, obviously, as we have opportunity as a believer, we can lay hands and see uh, miracles. But, you know, there is something called the gifts of healings too, right? And the Bible says, you, you can turn here if you want, but 1 Corinthians 12, I'm going to read this passage. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27 through 31. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 27 through 31. Hallelujah. So pray and ask God to use you in this area. It says in verse 27, Now ye are the body of Christ, the member, members in particular. And God hath set in, has set some in the church, first apostles, secondly prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Look, it says are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healings, do all speak in, in tongues or diverse tongues, do all interpret, but covet earnestly the best gifts. So obviously we know that not every believer, every believer can lay hands on the sick, 
and see healing flow that way. But not all believers are moving in that, that second realm, if you will, that next dimension of the gifts of healings. Are you with me? And so it's, it's a wonderful thing when God begins to use you. It, 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 in the gifts of healings, it's like, it's like, um, it's like a turbo button on your car, <laughs> you know, because you can have a car, but you hit that turbo button, man, phew, something's going to happen, and it's going to be good. Amen. Go ask Edie. I blew her transmission because she had a turbo button in her car. Amen. Hallelujah. But, um, you know, so, so we can pray for the, sick, for the sick, lay hands on them as a believer. We're promised healing, recovery. But if you really want to see the miraculous, I would challenge you to begin to ask God, covet the gifts of healing, right? Ask God to use you to see the sick healed in a greater way. So I say that because um, I believe that there's gifts of healing God wants to use you in that not everybody operates in, you know? I, I used to do this when I was in my early 20s. I was in Bible school. Th this is how I picked up the gifts of healing because I know they've operated through my life. I can feel when it's there. Um, I used to, before I ever saw the sick healed, <laughs> I mean, I, I laid hands on people, but I never really saw much, you know. I didn't even see like a hangnail get healed. Didn't even see like nothing, you know. And uh, I used to sit on my couch and look at my hands every single day, and I would say, God, you said I would lay these hands on the sick and they would recover. And every single day, I mean, it, it, it took about a month of every day, simple prayer, no more than two minutes. God, you said I'd lay these hands on the sick and that they would recover. Father, I ask you in the mighty name of Jesus that you would use me to see the sick healed, that you would use me, that your hand would be stretched forth over mine, that signs and wonders and healings would be done through the name of Jesus. I just, simple prayer, you know. Every day, I'd look at my hands. You said I'd lay these hands. How many of you guys know the Bible says he's given us holy hands? Amen? So he wants to use your hands. The blood of Jesus flowed from his hands to your hands. Right? Well, anyway, I know the day, I know the moment that the gifts of healing fell on me, and I began to see miracles. It was in a class. I was in Bible school. I was sitting in, like, the, the fourth or fifth row, and I won't tell the whole story, but basically the dean of the Bible school walked in. When he walked in the room, it was, it was during a break period. He was about to teach his class. As he walked in, the dude just got out of prayer, you know, and he walked in, and it was like the very air came alive. He, he came in carrying the presence of God. And, and he walked past the, the back row, and the power of God started hitting all the people in the back row, and I'm watching this. I'm sitting, you know, I'm watching this. He walked past the next row. Boom, the power of God hit the next row. He, he began to walk past, and I don't think he knew what was happening. He's just walking, and it's like boom, 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 the power of God's hitting. Oh, well, now he's coming to my row. <laughs> he's about to walk past my row, you know, and the power of God's on him. Well, anyway, he did. He walked past my row, and it was like I was overtaken by the glory in the presence of God. And uh, anyway, he was not, that class, he was not able to teach um, because the whole class period, 55 minutes, the power of God hit that classroom like a tornado. Everyone was, was caught up in the presence and glory of God. Well, anyway, in the, the encounter with God I had, I actually felt my hands, I mean, I felt my hands burn when you're under the anointing. I know many people have felt that. It, this was different, man. It felt like someone took my hands off and put two big hands on top of my hands. I felt like I had two big hands. I can't even describe it. I felt like my hands were bigger than my body. 
You know, it's like, which is funny to imagine, but that's what it felt like. And I knew, and then they felt, my hands felt silky, like a cloth was wrapped around them. And I felt an impartation, the Lord telling me the gifts of healing. I've answered your prayer. So anyway, a day or so later, I go up to one of the pastor's offices, and there was these two pastors who shared an office. One was Pastor David, one was Pastor Daniel. I needed to talk to Pastor David, so I walk into the office. I'm looking at Pastor David. Pastor Daniel, the moment I walk in, Pastor Daniel stands up. He said, Brother Zach, the Lord, you know, he had a word. He said, the Lord is going to use you in healing and signs and wonders. You start placing your hand on every sick body that you come in contact with. (laughs) And no one knew I was doing that every day, praying that God would use me. And uh, he said, you better, the next altar call you get in front of, you better pray for all the sick. And then someone from Coshocton told mom, they said, look, we were praying for Zach. We had a vision of him. He was under a tent preaching, and there was a banner that said Oral Roberts over it. I didn't even know who Oral Roberts was at that time. I had no idea who Oral Roberts was. So I began to look into him, and of course, the Lord used him in healing and signs and wonders. He had healing meetings, right? So, you know, that was just me pressing in, right? And so, you know, I always try to, whatever God's given me, I try to give it out. If God gives me a key, I don't know if I'm supposed to do this, but I make copies and I try to give it to everybody. Amen. I'm not in competition with anyone. I want to see the sick healed in Coshocton. Amen. Come on. Could there come a day where God's glory floods the city and the hospital's empty? You think about some of the people God's used through the centuries. Catherine Coleman would go into a hotel and people on other floors would be healed. Think about that. I mean, she would go and do a meeting in the houses around the meeting that didn't even know the meeting was going on, it was reported that people would get healed in their homes. Think about that. Come on, there's a higher realm that that God wants his church to operate in, to do the works of Jesus. So pray and ask God to use you in this area. Um, Press in, ask God to use you to see the sick healed. Ask him for boldness. Ask him for opportunities. Look, there's so many sick out there, right? I mean, it feels like since 2020, it's like everywhere. It's like, <laughs> who's noticed that? It's like, it's just constant sickness. And, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, anyway, don't get me on that. So uh, number two is, okay, ask God to use you and, and pray that he'd use you in this area. But number two, step out in faith and start to pray for the sick. I had someone tell me one time, well, I've never seen the sick healed. I don't know about all this stuff. I've never seen it. I said, well, sir, how many sick have you prayed for? He said, none. I said, well, that figures. <laughs> if, if, you, if you never pray for the sick, you're never going to see the sick healed. You got to start somewhere. You got to step out. So I said, well, what if I, pr- I, I minister to them and they don't get healed? Then you go next, please, right? You just, you, then you pray for the next person, right? And, uh, and, and, and press in. You know, I know there's this one minister, I forgot who it is exactly, but he, he has a great healing ministry. Oh, who was, who, who is he? Because you probably know his name. But uh, anyway, he, he, um, he said he prayed for 100 deaf ears before he saw his first one open. And now he sees deaf ears open all the time. Think about that. So it's like the Lord kind of tested him there, you know. And after that, he pressed and he pressed and he pressed in. And now he said he sees deaf ears all the time. So remember, we're not the healer, right? If, if we had the on switch, we would turn it on and break the switch to never turn it off again, right? And we'd abuse all the gifts of the Spirit. Be honest. I mean, we'd abuse it, you know. And so 
But, but we're not the healer, but we can pray. We can release the anointing. We can release our faith. And we can offer to do what the Bible tells us to do. And, and at the end of the day, it's going to be between that person and God, right? But at least an opportunity was given for God to move. Hallelujah. So, all right, with all that said, how do we minister to the sick? Say you got a sick person in front of you. They need a miracle. They need a touch from God. Well, how do we do that? I'll start with this. I'm going to read to you many passages of healing in the Bible, healing that Jesus ministered, and I'm going to also show you healing the apostles ministered because I think that's a good place to start. I think if we're going to learn how to minister to the sick, we should just go to the Word and do it the way they did it, right? And I'll go ahead and do this, so don't throw anything at me. But uh, let, me, let me say this, right? Interestingly, Jesus never prayed for the sick. Think about that, right? So if you go read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's nowhere that you're going to find where Jesus prayed for the sick. He ministered to them, right? Um, Jesus also didn't say, go into all the world, preach the gospel. These signs will follow those that believe. Uh, they'll pray for the sick and they'll recover. Actually, it doesn't say that. It actually says, we will lay our hands on the sick and they shall recover. Uh-oh. Think about that because this is actually a big deal. Because in the church, we just think if we're going to minister to the sick, well, that means we pray for them. We pray for the sick, pray for the sick. But if you actually look how Jesus operated, and you look how the apostles operated, and you look at what the Bible teaches, it actually teaches that we can minister healing to the sick. And you can pray the prayer of faith in James, but why did that become the only way? Right? Okay, so let's look at this, and uh, let's see what we can learn. Uh, okay, Luke 17, 12 through 16, um, it says, Jesus was going into a village. Ten men with leprosy came towards him. They stood at a distance and shouted, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And Jesus looked at them and said, Go present yourself to the priests. And on their way, they were healed. <laughs> when one of them discovered he was healed, he came back shouting praises to God. He bowed down at Jesus' feet and thanked him. Wow, think about that. So here's Jesus. And here's 10 men with leprosy. Jesus told them basically to do something that healed people do. You present yourself to the priest. If, if I'm wrong, I, I don't believe I'm wrong on this, but I believe you were only supposed to present yourself to the priest after you were healed. So Jesus said, go ahead, present yourself to the priest. So here they, they leave. They still have leprosy. But the Bible says that on their way, they were all healed. Boom on their way. Now, did Jesus pray for them? No. He just said, go do this. Show yourself to the priest. Go do what healed people do. Okay, if you know anything about the ministry of Kenneth E. Hagin, he was a prophet of God, but if you know anything about how he got healed, um, he, he got healed by standing on Mark eleven twenty three through 24. Believe you've received it and you shall have it. And, and that's his whole testimony. He had two incurable conditions, one in his heart, one in his blood. If he didn't have the heart condition, the blood condition alone should have killed him. If he didn't have the blood condition, the heart condition alone should have killed him. The doctor said, you have to die. <laughs> I mean, that was the hope he get, got. The doctor said, you have to die. And so he, his grandma came in and said, 
well, son, what, what song would you like at your funeral? And he said, well, what's it matter? I'm not going to be there. You pick your favorite song, you know. And uh, anyway, he gets saved as a Baptist boy, grabs a hold of Mark 11:23, believes he receives his healing, but he's paralyzed now from the neck down. So he believed he received it. And anyway, one day he wakes up and uh, the Lord begins to minister to him. And, and he said, he said, Father, I, I just believe I'm healed. Now he's just a boy, right? He said, Father, I believe I'm healed. And the voice of the Holy Spirit came to him and said, healed people have breakfast right about now. <laughs> well, he's paralyzed from the neck down. How do you go have breakfast right about now? Right? The fact is he was paralyzed, but the truth of the matter was he, he was healed. And so the Lord said, do what healed people do. Go, go get breakfast. So he used his arm. He had a little bit of motion. He used his arm and he pushed himself over. He grabbed his legs, put it at the end of the bed, threw his legs over. He grabbed, man, I feel the anointing. Hallelujah. He grabbed a, a, a post. I think it was like a standing lamp or something. And he said he grabbed it and he just slid down, just like a sack of potatoes. And then he kind of began to crawl. And, and anyway, it, it was a process, but he said he ended up at that dinner table or at that breakfast table and he ate and he was totally healed. Now think about that. How? Do what a healed person does. <laughs> and and that, now Jesus didn't pray with them. He just said, go, do what healed people do. Present yourself to the priest on their way. As they went in faith, as they put an action to what they believed, they were healed. Wow, think about that. You know, so, so we can minister to the sick like that. Well, go do this. You know, I've, I've actually had that many times at the church where it, it's so funny because people are so preconditioned that you have to pray for them. <laughs> so you have an altar call and everyone wants to tell you the story. And it's almost like if you don't pray a big, long prayer over them, they don't think they got anything. And so there have been times where people walk up to me and I perceive they have faith to be healed. And I just say, well, just do this. You just bend down, use those knees. And as they do, they're, they're healed by the power of God, right? Isn't that awesome? That's one of the methods Jesus used. Um, my pastor tells this story. I believe he was in Australia, and he was at a church, and it was a pretty generous-sized church. It was probably like five, four or 500 people in that meeting that night. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Boomer, don't go to sleep on me, buddy. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, so anyway... He's ministering to all the sick, and people come up. There's a couple hundred people there, and he begins to pray for the sick. Now, the pastor's wife was in a wheelchair, so they, they roll her up, and they put her right in the middle of there, and my pastor's going along, and, but he's not praying big, long prayers for anybody. You know, when you have 200 people, you can't do that. So he's going, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Well, he gets to the, the wife, and he goes, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And he keeps going. And that wife goes, come back here. What are you doing? You, you know, and she wanted more prayer. She said, I need more prayer. And, 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 you know, you have 200 people in the name of Jesus. He just keeps walking. It's the pastor's wife. She starts cussing at him. She, this is a true story. She starts cussing at him. It starts yelling at him. And he's thinking in the back of his mind, oh, my gosh, you know, what do you do? And so the, the pastor, of course, he's so embarrassed that he grabs his wife, takes the wheelchair, and he's rolling her out of the meeting, and she's shouting at him the whole way. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so anyway, 
she's paralyzed now from the neck down. So he takes her to the car and he, he, he's just like, I can't believe it, you know? And he puts her in the, the passenger side. He puts her legs in, puts her in. He closes the door and he takes the wheelchair and he's putting it in the back of the van. And she was fuming, man. She was so mad, you know, because he didn't pray a prayer. She was so fuming and it was hot in the car. It's in Australia and it's hot and she just rolls the window down. <laughs> Realized <laughs> I couldn't do that. <laughs> it, she was paralyzed from the neck down. God healed a cussing preacher's wife. <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> yeah, so in the course of two weeks, she was completely healed, completely out of the wheelchair. Isn't God merciful? I think God has a sense of humor, don't you? Amen. So it's not always a big, long prayer. Um, okay, Luke 4, 39, this is a powerful passage. It says, after Jesus left the synagogue, he went to the home of Simon whose mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever. So they appealed to Jesus on her behalf. Now look at what Jesus did. Look at how Jesus dealt with a fever. And, and Jesus stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. Wow. And she got up at once and began to serve them. And at sunset, all who were ill with various diseases were brought to Jesus. And laying his hand on each one of them, he healed them. So, I mean, that's a powerful you know, passage there. Because here, the, the mother-in-law has a fever. She's sick. She has a high temperature. And Jesus yelled at it. That's what rebuking is. It's, it's, you're yelling at it. You rebuke it. Tell it to go. Get out of here. And, and the Bible says it left her. Well, what does that tell you a little bit about fevers, you know? Could it be that there's a, a, a spirit behind those things? Because it actually left her. And so Jesus just rebuked it and told it to go, and it left. And she immediately got up and began to minister to them. And then later that day, Jesus went, and he began to lay his hands on the sick. And, and the Bible says, all those who were ill with various diseases, so different kinds of diseases, they were brought to Jesus and laying his hands on them, they were healed just by the laying on of hands. So Jesus, think about that. And says, oh, he's a televangelist. No, he's, he's, just, he's just Jesus. Are you with me? You know, so people get upset at ministers because they do things a different way, but Jesus did that. He just laid his hands on the sick. Be healed, be healed, be healed. I mean, this is powerful. So um, Luke 5, next chapter, 24, and Jesus. Now, if you read the whole passage, this is where they ripped up the roof and put the man down, and, and the Bible says Jesus saw their faith. Now, what did he see? He didn't just see someone and say, oh, I think you have faith. He saw their faith in action, you know? I mean, we had a guy come to the church one time. It was a Sunday morning, nice dignified church service right at the river. And this guy was on the third row, and he needed a miracle. And so why, in the middle of my sermon, he goes, Jesus, I need your mercy. Yeah, he did that right in the middle while I was preaching. Jesus, I need mercy. And I said, well, bring him here. Well, I saw his faith, right? And so he came up. He got about right there. I said, Lord, in the name of Jesus, touch this. And he, was, he hit the deck, right? And so, you know, you see faith by the action that's behind it, you know? Um, so Jesus saw their faith, and he said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy couch, and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them and took up that whereon he lay and departed 
to his own house glorifying God. So Jesus just saw their faith, spoke the word, get up and walk, and he did. Okay, now let's look at the apostles. I got, I got a couple more for you, the, the apostles. Acts chapter 3, um, it says, Now Peter and John, verse 1, went up together in the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth, ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, and whom they laid daily at the, the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John and said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And, and immediately his feet and ankles, bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Come on. Now, look at that. I mean, that's so powerful. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And the guy leaped up. That's the apostles. They didn't say, now, Father, we just come to thee in thy great love. And we, you see this man, how he's suffering right now. And, Father, we just ask that you would just shine down upon him, if it be thy will, Lord, that, that he would walk, Lord. No, no. It doesn't sound like church, though, right? No, he just said, come up, get, get up, walk. Hallelujah. Whew, this is good. Acts chapter 9, 32. This is a paralyzed man that Peter, uh, the Lord used him to heal. It says, Acts 9, 32, and he found a man named Aeneas, bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. So he's eight years now. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. Huh. Hallelujah. Healed people don't even make their bed half the time. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Jesus is saying, rise and make your bed. And the Bible says immediately. Everybody say immediately. He rose and all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him and they turned to the Lord. So there was a sign of wonder. Turn all these people to the Lord. Now, look at this. Paul at Lystra, Acts 14 and verse 8. Now at Lystra, there was a man sitting who could not use his feet, and he was crippled from birth and never walked, and he listening to Paul speaking, and Paul looking intently at him, and seeing that he had faith to be made well, said in a loud voice. I'm glad it clarifies. It wasn't a soft, and you just get up. He said in a loud voice, stand upright on your feet, and he sprang up and he began walking. Come on. We're going to see this. We're going to see more of this, I believe. But it's going to be through your mouth. God's going to use your hands. God's going to use your feet. Hallelujah. Notice all of these was not in the church building. Think about that. <laughs> it was all out in the streets, the highways, the byways, the homes. Come on. All right, I got one more for you. Acts 28 and verse 8. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux, to whom Paul entered and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. And when this was done, others also who had diseases in the island came, and they were all healed. So now we see Paul praying here. So it's not taking away from prayer, and I'll show you where prayer has its place here in a moment. But look at this. He went in, prayed, laid his hands on him, 
and he healed them. Hallelujah. And then it says others which had diseases in the island came and they were all healed. Oh, that's so awesome. Hallelujah. So uh, let's get into this. Okay, now, now we'll come to a close here. Um, I know I've took the scenic route of how do you just deal with one person to pray for the sick, but we're getting there. Amen. Here, I'll give you some step-by-steps. Let's say you have a sick person in front of you. How do you minister to this person? Okay. And I already told you everything, but let's just, let's just put it all in a, a picture here. So let's say you have a sick person in front of you and you feel the Lord wants to use you to minister to them. Number one, you lay hands on them, right? You put your hands on them. You have holy hands and God wants to use your hands. He does. Jesus, as I said earlier, Jesus' blood flowed from his hands to your hands. Are you with me? He's going to use these hands. I'd encourage you to do what I did. I just look up my hands. Lord, you said you would use these hands to lay on the sick and recover. Because the thing is, a lot of believers will just read the word and say, oh, yeah, that's there. But you need to personalize the word. If the Bible says believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover, you should say that, that those are my hands. I'm a believer. Personalize the word of God. Make it real to you. So when you lay hands on them, you can pray. You, I, I, we're not saying don't pray for people. But you, you can pray. And I'll tell you what I like to do many times. If, if I have a person in front of me and I'm praying for them to be well or healed, I, I'll pray. And, and normally it's, it's kind of a prayer of, of worship and a prayer of thanksgiving. Um, sometimes I'll do it just to make the person comfortable because if I go shouting at them, they'll be like a little rabbit, you know, because it's Kashokton, you know. But, you know, you can be gentle with people. Amen. And uh, so, so I would lay hands on somebody and I, I might do something like this, you know. And, of course, it's always different, right? But, uh, you know, Father, we just thank you that you are a healer. You know, th- that's what I'll do. I'll magnify God. Thank you that your word is true. Thank you for this person that you want them whole, that you want them well. Lord, we just worship you. You are Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. So, you see, I'm praying, but, but I'm worshiping him. Who knows the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. So many times when I minister to the sick, and there's different, everyone's different, right? I'm just showing you how I would do it. Um, I, I usually will transition from that kind of praying into taking authority over the sickness, into ministering and releasing faith. So that's kind of what I'm walking you through. So lay hands on them. When you lay hands, you don't have to be heavy-handed. You don't have to creak someone's neck back. Edie's had her neck hurt before someone taking their head and jarring it around. I, I don't like that. You know, I, I think we can be gentle. Amen. We don't have to push or anything like that. But, you know, it, it, it's enough to just put your hand on somebody's shoulder, you know, uh, or their head. Amen. Um, funny story. Um, the guy who got me, who talked to me to go to Bible school, his name is Pastor Eric. He tells a story when he was newly saved and they began to see healings. Um, they had an opportunity to go pray for a man who, was, who had a concussion that went to another church. He fell off his work ladder, had a concussion. He was in the hospital. And uh, anyway, so the guy went to another church. So did his wife. The wife called uh, the, the church Pastor Eric was going to because they said, our church doesn't pray for the sick. They won't even visit him. But we heard your church does. Can you go? So he said, sure. So he goes with his wife. And they're sitting in the waiting room, waiting to go in. The guy is like, like breathing tube, like it, it's bad. The guy, like it's it's a major 
um, like he's in a coma. He's a, that's what it is, a coma. So anyway, they're waiting in the waiting room. There's a guy next to them in a suit. And the guy strikes up a conversation. He's like, hi, my name is Pastor So-and-so. I'm the assistant pastor at this church. And Eric, who was not a pastor at that time, now he's Pastor Eric, but Eric said, um, you're a pastor? Oh, we go to a church. We're actually here to pray for somebody. He said, really? Um, who, who's that? That's, I'm here to visit someone. He said, um, he said the guy's name. And he says, oh, well, that's who I'm here to visit too. I'm actually from their church, and she'd been wanting us to visit, so... So I'm going to go in there too. So now you have this guy who's a pastor, assistant pastor who doesn't believe in healing. And you have Pastor Eric and Jennifer about to go and pray for the guy's healing. Come on. Fireworks are about to happen. <laughs> so anyway, um, Pastor Eric said, you're a pastor. That's so great. Uh, I, you know, that's great that you're their pastor. We're going to go in and lay hands on him and believe that Jesus is going to heal them. And then the guy just kind of looked at him, and he was like, yeah, okay. He's like, by the way, what church do you go to? And Pastor Eric goes, oh, we go to the River Church in Tampa, <laughs> which was the mistake. Because that guy stood up, and he, and he stood in front of Pastor Eric. I mean, he was like surreal, stood up, and he says, I challenge you in Jesus' name. The guy was a Baptist who didn't like the, the River Church. And they started, the guy started debating them. He was like, Give me, give me one scripture in the New Testament where prosperity is for today. It's like kind of random, right? It's like, but that's what this guy did. And Pastor Eric said, um, well, give and it shall be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. And the guy said, other than that one. <laughs> and then he quoted Corinthians and the guy was kind of like a jerk, you know? And so anyway, long story short, the doctor comes and says, you guys can see them. And, and the guy was debating them. Healing's not for today. Prosperity's that tongues is not for today because he knew what church they're coming out of. And this guy's like a Baptist, you know. So anyway, um, they all go in, and this is where it gets surreal, you know, because they go in. The guy's in a coma. He has a breathing tube. He's, he has vitals. It's dark in the room, and, you know, the vitals are going. And, you know, Pastor Eric, was he was still a Bible school student and still learning. And he wanted to lay hands on him, but in his mind, you know, newly saved, he thought you, when you lay hands, you have to make skin-to-skin -skin contact. So he was looking. The guy was covered like a mummy. The only skin that was sticking out was a big toe. <laughs> and there's that pastor there, and Pastor Eric said, you know what, I'm going for it. <laughs> and he walks in and grabbed that guy's big toe. The guy in the coma just grabbed the toe. And he began to pray, in the name of Jesus, we command your body to line up with the word of God. Be healed in Jesus' name. Come out of that bed. Rise up and walk in the name of Jesus. The guy sells a breathing tube. <laughs> you know, and then his wife was like um, using the soul winning script because, you know, the mind's gone. But she's like, the, the spirit is still, you know, maybe listening. So she's using the soul winning script. He has the big toe and he's praying. And that, that, that guy, the assistant pastor's like, oh, what in the world? Well, it was like they were going for it, man. He has the big toe. She's using the soul winning script on the guy. He's in a coma. The pastor's there, and the doctors come in, and they're like, 
thank you so much. You know, we need to let him get some rest now. Thank you. And they ushered him out, and, and they walked, Pastor Eric Jedifrau, and as they walked him out, that, that assistant pastor, I guess he just kind of looked at him like, just smug, right? Because the guy didn't come out of the coma, right? So anyway, here's, here's the, the end of the story. <laughs> True story, by the way. Um, he, he kind of forgot about it, you know, it was like a week or so later. Actually, actually no, 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 no. It was like, it was about over a month later, and he kind of forgot about it. He's working the front desk at the church again. He gets a call, and it's that, that uh, woman, it's, it's the, the husband's wife. And she said, by the way, I I just kept slipping my mind to call you and to just thank you for visiting my husband. I I heard that you went. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, bring that up again. You know, it's like, (laughs) you know. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. She said, I just want to let you know that the next day he came out of the coma and that weekend he mowed our grass. (laughs) Oh, come on. Isn't that epic? Amen. I don't know why I told that story, but um, amen. Lay your hands on them. That's why. You know, you can, hey, the anointing will go through clothes. You don't have to grab someone's big toe. Amen. But that is a funny story. Amen. (laughs) Lay their hands. And as I said, sometimes I'll start off with a prayer and just thank God that he's such a great God and such an awesome healer. Thank you, Lord, that you healed. Thank you for this person's life. The next thing after you lay hands, take authority over the sickness or disease. If it's a disease... If it is a sickness, if it is a cancer, take authority. We have authority in Jesus' name. Amen? And so, um, you know, I would, I would do something like this. You know, hands laid upon them. Father, thank you for their life. I take authority right now over the sickness and disease in their body. In the name of Jesus, I command it to go from them today. Father, I, I feel, you start doing that, you feel the anointing. Amen. Hallelujah. I, Father, we thank you that you are a God who heals, and we take authority over this thing. Father, I ask you that every unclean cell dies right now in their physical body, that this thing lifts from them today in the name of Jesus. Now, what, what's that? Loud voice taking authority over these things, you know. Uh, so things I'll do. I, I command this body to line up with the word of God in Jesus' name, you know. Um, uh, yeah. Command every unclean cell to die. You know, sometimes you, you might just want to address. I take authority over the spirit of infirmity. Uh, I, I can normally tell there's, there's several ways you can discern a spirit of infirmity. One is by the gift of discerning spirits. The other is just by, um, it sounds like it, you know, and, and a spirit of infirmity will move around. So one day their knees are, are aching, next day their knees are fine, but they're, you know, their spleen or then it goes, you know what I mean? It's always something different. So I take authority over the spirit of infirmity. I command you to go from them. I plead the blood of Jesus over them. Okay, so lay hands, pray, thank the Father, take authority. Cancer now is a spirit, and you take authority over that, and you command it to go. I I actually, when I'm praying for someone with cancer, I say, I command this cancer to die in Jesus' name. I, I pull you out from the roots. You know, that's how I would take authority over cancer. It's a spirit. It's, it's actually living inside of somebody. It's warped DNA, you know, that, that's doing all kinds of stuff. Okay, thirdly, speak life and speak faith. Paul, stand up on your feet, right? Um, that takes faith. That takes boldness. That takes anointing, you know. Um, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise up and walk. It, you know, and, and, and Peter and John, in the name of Jesus, lies, lie, you know, rise up and walk. 
So many times I'll speak out in faith, be healed in Jesus' name. Now, that's just me releasing faith, you know. Um, be whole. Paralysis, lift. Sore throat, leave them. Now, you see, speak faith-filled words, you know. Does that make sense? Um, don't, don't, don't say, you know, because call things that be not as though they were, right? Let me show you how to do that properly. So if somebody's arm is broke, or even if your arm is broke, don't go break it. Amen. But... You know, I, if, if my arm was broke, I wouldn't say, you know, call things that be not as though they were. I wouldn't say, my arm's not broke. My arm's not broke. You know, and people do that. What, what I would do is say, I call my arm well. I call my arm whole. I call, see, and I'm already using it. Amen. I, I, I <laughs> look at that. This is how it works. I call my body well. So, so like if I have a sickness, I don't, I don't say, well, I'm not sick. Well, no, the fact is you are. But the truth is you're healed. So instead of saying, well, I'm not sick, I'm not really sick. Well, that's just denial. <laughs> so rather you call things that be not as though they were. I call my body well. I call my body whole. I, <laughs> I call my body blessed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I call my body healed in Jesus' name. That's how you do that. So, so if I'm praying for the, the sick or someone who needs a miracle, I call your body healed. I call that arm whole in the name of Jesus. I call that heart well in Jesus' name. Father, thank you that you created their heart. You cause it to beat, and nothing's going to stop what you've started. I just speak life over their body in Jesus' name. Is this helping? Hallelujah. So, um, yeah, I call you whole. Um, okay, so number one, lay your hands on them. Number two, take authority. Number three, speak life, speak faith. And number four is step out of the boat, right? So ask them to do something that they couldn't necessarily do before without pain, right? Um, I, you know, I, I normally will tell people right off the bat, and I, I don't just say this. I'm not telling them a story. I, after I pray, I'll say, I believe God is doing something in your body because I do believe that. But normally that nugget of faith gives them something to grab onto too and to agree with you. Well, yeah, I, I, believe, I believe that too. You know, I, I felt something happen, something change. So I'll, I'll normally tell someone, you know, I, I feel like God just did something. What, what's going on? I, I'll say that. And sometimes you may have to tell people, don't tell me what you think I want to hear. Because some people, especially in a church meeting, there's people watching, oh, oh yeah, I'm healed, brother. I'm healed. I'm going back to my seat. Right? You know? So, so I, 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 want, I want the real healing, and I don't want someone to make up a story, you know? And so, um, so I'll, I'll say, well, I believe, I believe God did something. Because so, his word doesn't return void. So what's going on? Can you, are you able to do something you couldn't do before? You know, and test it out. I'll tell people to test it out. And then I ask them to be honest with me. Because I know whether they got healed right then and there, or whether it's as they go, or whether God just started a work. Something happened. Because we just got the anointing involved. We just got God involved. Come on, is that right? So, step out of the boat, you know. Um, hallelujah. And I'll just end with this. Um, Man, God is so good. He's so good. He is mighty to save. He is mighty to heal. Amen? Lay hands on them. Take authority over it. Speak life. Speak faith. Step out of the boat. So um, I, I love this testimony here. Uh, when we were over at Southland School, um, which is like another, it was like another world. Amen. 
But when, when we were at the school, uh, this couple from another church came because they heard that we prayed for the sick. And so I, I remember watching this couple come in from their car because you'd have to park along the street corner to get in. And we had services in one of the classrooms, you know, the gym was usually too hot. So I, I watched this couple come in and thankfully we had a ramp because the guy had a cane in one side, the wife was on the other and, and he was shuffling like this. I mean, he was literally walking like this. You know, you could tell he was in extreme pain. I found out later, normally he's just in a wheelchair. So anyway, they come, and I watched, I watched them. I, they, they were out there. It took them about 10, 15 minutes to actually get into the classroom that we were at, having service, and sit all the way in the back row. Well, that morning, I, I actually wasn't feeling, <laughs> I didn't even feel like being there that morning. It was just my flesh, just tired. I was up late. I was like, almost thought to ask mom to preach because I just wasn't feeling it, you know. But nonetheless, God gave me a sermon. Galatians, does God work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It's because you believe the message that you heard about Christ. Powerful scripture, right? God works miracles because you believe the word. And so I preached a whole message that day on miracles. Interestingly enough, that service the week before I had prophesied that there'd be a day where the River Church would, would have every tribe and tongue, we would have it at the River Church in Coshocton. That Sunday, a week later, as I'm preaching that message, there was a couple from a Holland that for whatever reason found out about the church and were sitting there. I mean, it was just a little sign, right? And uh, so anyway, I'm preaching it. And at the end, well, I know because I went through homiletics. Don't preach anything that you're not willing to demonstrate. So now I, I have to pray for miracles, you know. And I'm not feeling any, we like to feel something, right? Like, oh, I feel anointed. I didn't feel anointed. I felt tired. I'm just being honest with you. Thank God it's not about how we feel. It's about who he is and what he does. So anyway, uh, I said, all of those who need a miracle, I want you to come and line up right now. And sure enough, that, the, that couple from the back, they came. They came up, the lady on one side, bringing them, and he had the cane, and they're going for it, man. Well, I had about seven people up before he even got to the end there. So I go up to the first person, and... Uh, I, they, they just had some sickness and disease. This was before COVID when, you know, people could come up for prayer and people didn't act like you were killing everyone, you know. <laughs> so who remembers 2020? If you, if you sneezed in Walmart, they thought you shot a nine millimeter. Achoo! <laughs> it's like you just pulled out a gun or something. <laughs> who remembers that you couldn't sneeze or like anything? So stupid. So... So anyway, I, I prayed for them, and they said, well, my sore throat just left. I said, well, praise God. The next person, they had a headache. As they walked up, they said, I, the headache left. So I didn't even pray, didn't lay hands. As they walked up and responded to the altar call, Jesus healed their headache. And so another person, they, they needed, our, um, man, God's so good. They needed uh, knees, something going on with the knees. Prayed for them. They said, I feel, feel heat. Jesus was coming and just healing. Boom, 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 boom. Man, when we're weak, he's strong, right? But again, I was wrestling with my head the whole time because I didn't feel what you think you're supposed to feel. So I, I get down to the last person, and there's the guy, there's the wife, you know. And I said, um, well, let's pray. And so I laid my hands on him. And uh, I'll tell you what, God moved through my, sometimes God moves in spite of not because of, <laughs> right? Because I had every kind of like doubt in my head. But my heart did believe God was going to touch this guy. And so I laid my hand on his chest in the name of Jesus. 
I think I spoke every healing prayer I knew. <laughs> From the top of his head to the soles of his feet, line up with the word. I mean, I said all the, all the things you say, you know. But I'll tell you what, I don't think I had to. Because I, I realized the, as I began to pray for him, the Lord was touching him. And what I wanted to do in my head was say, well, thank you for coming. You can go back to your seat, you know. But instead, what came out of my mouth, do something you couldn't do before. And when I said that, I said, you stupid person. Why did you say that? In my head, not to him. I said, I, said, I said to myself in my head, you stupid person. Why did you say that? You know, because of my head, you know. So I said, I said, do something you couldn't do before. Come on, just do, do something. And my head's like, you dummy. And so anyway, I'll never forget. He shrugged his wife off. He takes his cane, and he starts to do this. And he, his legs start to loose. He starts to walk. And then I watch him. He picks his cane. It was Sunday morning. He picks up his cane. He walks that way. He walks this way. When he gets back, he looks at his cane in, like, disgust. And that's where I wept. Because he looked at his cane and he threw it on the ground. And then he walked back, just like I can walk. And then he walks back, and this is the best part. He bends down and he picks up his cane. I mean, it was the Holy Ghost, man. And then, you know, it's Kashokton, so people just look like. <laughs> and you have to actually tell people in Kashokton, give God praise. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? You know. And the guy got totally healed. And he looked at me. He said, I heard God healed people in this church. He said, I'm healed. I said, bro, you're healed. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then he went back to his dead church. You know, <laughs> I, you know, that's just fine. That's fine. Amen. I, it's fine. But isn't that awesome? So step out in faith. Amen. Let's stand our feet, everybody. I'm going to lay hands on you. Just, you can just stay where you are. I'm just going to go through. As I lay my hands upon you, I believe there's going to be an impartation. I believe as hands are laid upon you that you are going to see more signs of wonders. You are going to see more healing and that you are going to carry a holy boldness, that you will be bold to lay hands on the sick, that you will be bold to preach the gospel, that you will be bold to step out on the word of God, to walk out on the water. And I'm even going to believe with hands laid upon you that you're even going to receive healing in your physical body. That the Bible says that the same spirit that rose Christ from the grave will quicken you and make alive your mortal body. He lives in you. And so, Father, I thank you as hands are laid upon your precious people. I thank you for a quickening. And, Father, I thank you for an impartation in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, I just want you to raise your hands to heaven as hands are laid upon you. Just receive. Father, I thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, thank you from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. I loose that anointing right now, Lord, into his body in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus right now. In the name of Jesus, a holy boldness. Boldness. He'll give you the words to say, holy, hallelujah. A holy boldness. A holy boldness. Boldness in the fire of the Holy Ghost. Lord, thank you for his life. Thank you that you've called him and sent him here for such a time as this. Thank you, Father, that he will see more, more richer, more excellent fruit. Thank you for the fire of the Holy Ghost upon his life. Thank you, Lord, for an impartation in the fire of God on him today in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. In the name of Jesus, the fire of the Holy Ghost. Fire, fire, fire in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for the fire of the Holy Ghost upon him. 
Lord, I thank you that you'd put, uh, like taken a coal from off the altar and putting it upon his lips. Thank you for the word of God that shall flow out of his mouth. Thank you for divine direction. Thank you, Father, that what you bless, the enemy cannot stop in the name of Jesus. Thank you for an impartation for your people, Lord. Thank you, Lord, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet for an impartation in the name of Jesus. Fire. Hallelujah. Fire in the name of Jesus. Father, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, I loose that anointing into him right now in the name of Jesus. Fire of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. The fire of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. There it is right now on you. The fire of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you for the graces. I thank you for the callings. I thank you for the gifts of the Spirit. I thank you for a fresh dispatch of angels around about her. Be about her as a wall of fire. Use her, Lord, in a great way. Fire in Jesus' name. Fire in Jesus' name. Fire in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, church, just begin to pray in your heavenly language. Fire in Jesus' name. Yeah, in Jesus' name. I loose that anointing. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, thank you from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Thank you, Father, that anything that would come to bind or slow her down, we break it today. And, Father, thank you that she shall run and not be weary, and she will walk and not faint, and her youth will be renewed. She will fly with eagle's wings. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Come on, church, just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Five minutes. Oh, sindana masaka, robo bobo shia nanana masa. Oh, we press into you, Lord. Mandala baka sapa, robo bobo koshiki ananinia sapaya, lelininia oso, emaya kopo shikaya sepa, anonomosopo. Lord, thank you for a fresh filling of the Holy Ghost. Mariandala basapa, robo bobo kosoko. Thank you. Every sickness, every disease being driven out today. Roko sopa, every pain being broken off of their bodies. Lord, do it to them, do it through them. In Jesus' name. Oh, mandala mandele vedele mendele bacandala basa bebeche baba ribondo robo zondo ziba riganda rinana. Oh, sikadala basa patea shoto. Oh, now, Father, as we come into agreement right now, as we close out this session, we ask that you would stretch forth your hand over Coshocton, Ohio, over all the churches, over the county, Father. You see every need in this county. You see what every person is going through. And so, Father, we thank you for your mighty hand. Stretch forth over this city. Lord, stretch forth your hand to heal. Let signs and wonders be done through the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for empowering 
restoring your people afresh. Thank you, Father, for a holy boldness upon each and every person under the sound of my voice that they would be bold to preach the gospel, that they would be bold to lay hands on the sick, that they would be bold to cast devils out and do the works of Jesus. Father, we thank you that Jesus is being lifted high in this city. And we give you the praise. We give you the glory. Thank you that the enemy's defeated, that the blood of Jesus covers us. The blood of Jesus, we pleaded over the city. We cancel all witchcraft. We cancel every curse. We cancel every, every assignment of the enemy. We speak confusion. Father, as the enemy would try to dig a ditch, Thank you, Lord. He'll fall in it himself. Thank you that the path of the righteous will grow brighter and brighter. Thank you when the enemy comes in like a flood. The Spirit of God shall raise up a standard against him. Thank you that overwhelming victory is ours. Thank you that we're going to walk in it. In Coshocton, we decree, we declare in the name of Jesus that Coshocton shall be saved. Come on, church, if you believe that, if you come into agreement, just give God the biggest shout of praise. Hallelujah! Glory to God! Hallelujah! Amen. I love you. Jesus loves you. God bless you. Amen. Soul winning coming right up. Amen.